The past several years, Bitcoin, Ethereum, and several other cryptocurrencies have been in the news. But what is it really? You may know it's a digital currency, but how does it have value? Today, we discuss cryptocurrency on Joey's Totally Tech. Cryptocurrencies are a type of digital asset, a currency much like the US dollar or British pound. They're designed to work as a medium of exchange and use strong cryptography to secure financial transactions, control the creation of additional units, and verify the transfer of assets. Cryptocurrencies are decentralized typically as opposed to centralized digital currencies and central banking systems. Behind the cryptocurrency is a distributed ledger technology known as blockchain. We'll get more into blockchain next week, but all you need to know right now is that it serves as a public financial transaction database. There's a record of every transaction ever made with that cryptocurrency within the blockchain. Bitcoin is considered the first decentralized cryptocurrency, and since then, over 6,000 altcoins, or alternative variants of Bitcoin, or even totally different cryptocurrencies, have been created. So, Ethereum, Steam, Bitcoin Cash, LBRY or Library Credits, etc., those are all altcoins. Then there are crypto tokens or crypto assets. A blockchain account can provide functions other than making payments, and these are often used on decentralized apps such as DTube. Basically, an altcoin can be used as a standard template to create these tokens. And let's just say, for example, a crypto token represents a certain number of loyalty points on the blockchain used to manage details of a retail chain. And then there are other tokens to give hours of streaming content on a video sharing blockchain, or it can represent another cryptocurrency. Let's say one token being equal to 10 Ethereum on the blockchain. All these tokens are tradable and transferable among various participants of that blockchain. Another way to think about it, if you go to Chuck E. Cheese Pizza, you would get tokens for playing the various video arcade games that they have. These tokens represent the money in US dollars that you're spending to play those games. So that's all well and good, but we're dealing with virtual currency, not a physical currency. Essentially, this seems to be all imaginary currency. So how does it even have value?
First, let's talk about what a currency is. A currency needs to fulfill five criteria. One, fungibility. Each unit must be completely identical and interchangeable. If you swap one dollar for another, they're exactly the same amount of money. If we trade dollar bills, you don't go from having one dollar to having 90 cents, but you still have the same amount of money. Two, scarcity. There needs to be a limited supply. Limited supply is what gives a currency its value. Three, durability. A currency needs to be able to withstand some rather harsh conditions. If gold dissolved in the rain, it wouldn't work well as a currency. But because it can withstand the elements, gold is reliable as a currency. Number four, transferability. Currency is supposed to enable trade between people and enable the transfer of wealth from one entity to another. Five, divisibility. A currency needs to be able to be broken down into smaller fractions or units. Humans have switched from bartering to currencies because, for example, you can't really trade half a cow if you want the cow to live. But maybe whatever you wanted cost half a cow. Do you really want to overpay there? But with a currency like the US dollar, if you only want half a dollar, you could do 50 cents. We're able to divide the currency down into smaller amounts. So let's take a look at Bitcoin, the most popular cryptocurrency. It does have fungibility. If you swapped a Bitcoin, you'd get a Bitcoin in return. Now, does the Bitcoin have scarcity? Why, yes it does. Only 21 million Bitcoins will ever be released. And because of that, Bitcoin has value. Does it have durability? One could argue that cryptocurrencies are the most durable. As long as the network their own survives, they retain their value. And since the networks are decentralized, it's almost impossible to destroy the cryptocurrency. Durability is essentially guaranteed. Bitcoin is easily transferable. In order to send Bitcoin, I just need a Bitcoin wallet address to send it to, and it's sent. Products and services can be paid for this way. And finally, divisibility. Bitcoin's code can theoretically create infinitely smaller denominations. The lowest commonly used one is the Satoshi. That is equal to a hundred millionth of one Bitcoin. So, the scarcity itself is what gives a cryptocurrency its value. It can't be copied either. Even though Bitcoin is software, the coin itself is not. So, you're not just going to copy it over and suddenly have more Bitcoins. Basically, you can't copy that floppy. So how does one get a hold of cryptocurrency? Well, you could buy cryptocurrency. You could easily purchase cryptocurrency through a crypto wallet and exchange site such as Coinbase. There, you would link up your bank account 
and you could purchase cryptocurrency with the money you have. Or you could sell the cryptocurrency you have and receive fiat currency there. There's mining with GPUs on graphics cards with CPUs or dedicated devices known as ASICs. It all depends on the cryptocurrency you're mining. We won't get into all of the specifics of mining here, but I'll talk a little bit about each type of mining. GPU mining is probably the most well-known and most popular among hobbyist cryptocurrency miners. Special mining software is run and your GPU is used to calculate various algorithms and work through blocks that could give you various amounts of that cryptocurrency. CPU and ASIC mining are essentially working the same way, but CPU mining is much slower than GPU mining, as GPUs can more easily handle complicated algorithms. As the cryptocurrency has been mined more, the difficulty increases, as it would in an actual gold mine, and a CPU and GPU are no longer effective. Then there's ASIC mining. A dedicated mining machine, typically dedicated to a specific cryptocurrency. However, at the end of the latest mining craze, ASICs were created to handle a number of different well-known altcoins. Once we get to the ASIC level of mining, however, for the typical person to get a hold of ASICs that would actually be useful would be really difficult. They're out of date very fast, and there's not much you can do with it after they've outlived their purpose. It's basically a technological looking paperweight. You're typically going to find any useful ASICs on big mining farms. Of course, you could earn cryptocurrencies. You could sell products and services offering cryptocurrencies as payment methods. You could also earn cryptocurrency for creating content on specific platforms like Steemit, DTube, LBRY, or as it's often pronounced, Library, and more. I myself upload this podcast to LBRY or Library a day or two after the initial podcast is published, and people tip in Library credits. There are sites known as cryptocurrency faucets that will give you out small amounts of cryptocurrency. It's a random amount, and if you don't mind taking time every day, you could get small amounts every day and let it build up. And then there are gambling sites that use cryptocurrency, and Dogecoin has been a very popular one for gambling. Hey everyone, it's Joey, and I'm recording this for my iPhone 6S. Have you heard about the Anchor app yet? If not, let me explain. It's the easiest way to make a podcast. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. I'm recording from my phone right now. I normally use my professional microphone at home to record, but hey, I'm showing that you can do this on the phone too. 
Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can make money from your podcast. There's no minimum listenership required. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the Anchor app in the Apple App Store or Android's Google Play Store today to get started. Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. Cryptocurrency has presented a huge investment opportunity for many. The value of cryptocurrency fluctuates. Now, understand, this isn't something that destroys fungibility. One Bitcoin will still equal one Bitcoin, but as the US dollar fluctuates or the British pound fluctuates, so do cryptocurrencies. And the cryptocurrency markets have been known to be quite volatile especially with Bitcoin, the world's most well-known cryptocurrency. For example, when I first learned of Bitcoin back in 2013, it was worth around $20, but later that year, it had shot up close to the equivalent of a thousand US dollars, but it eventually went back down to around 300, still significantly higher than where it started. But that's not all. Its highest price was hit, early 2018 at $19,783, that's right, U.S. dollars, after starting in 2017 at $1,000. The current value at the time of writing this script is $5,839.32, and it will likely be different when you listen to this podcast. Again, that's a much higher value than what it was at when it started. And much like the stock market, the trend seems to be for prices to go higher over long periods of time. So the typical advice is to be in this for the long term. However, this is such a new and questionable market, and people often associate cryptocurrencies with scams. Since cryptocurrency doesn't physically exist, there are many who feel it's a scam itself. So, is cryptocurrency a scam? I don't think cryptocurrency in and of itself is a scam, but I can understand why people would have questions about its value since it's not tangible. There have been scams, a recent one being BitConnect, so you do have to be careful. But on the tangibility side of things, the US dollar is made out of cotton, and it's probably not even a dollar's worth of cotton. What sets the value of the dollar? Prior to 1971, the US dollar was backed by gold. It was set by tying it to a fixed amount of gold. Congress would set the amount of gold required in official money, and for a century, the Coinage Act of 1834 set the gold price at $20.76 per ounce. That made the official value of the dollar 23.2 grains of gold, or about 1.5 grams. That lasted until 1933, 
when Franklin D. Roosevelt required that all Americans turn in their gold coins to Federal Reserve in exchange for paper, or really cotton, money. In 1934, the dollar was devalued to require $35 per ounce of gold. But in 1971, President Nixon took the U.S. off the gold standard. He said we would no longer convert dollars to gold at a fixed value, and it has been delinked ever since. Since then, the value has been determined through trade and foreign exchange markets. And you'll find exchange markets for cryptocurrency as well. Values are being set all the time for both fiat currency and cryptocurrency. Many critics of cryptocurrency say it's all imaginary, but given that the US dollar isn't backed by any standard, but set by markets, just like cryptocurrencies, doesn't that make all modern currency imaginary? Next week, we'll be talking about blockchain, the technology behind cryptocurrency, and on March 30th, we'll be talking about Linux and open source software. NVIDIA is calling on gamers to use their PCs to fight COVID-19. Pokemon Go is making changes to the game due to the virus. WordCam conferences are canceled or postponed. Next generation video game consoles may be delayed. And we may have an NVIDIA Super Gaming Laptop coming in April. This is the news on Joey's Totally Tech. NVIDIA is calling on gaming PC owners to use their systems to fight COVID-19. Your gaming PC can lend your graphical power to fight COVID-19. They're encouraging gamers to download the Folding at Home app, which works to find cures for diseases like cancer, ALS, Parkinson's, and many other illnesses along with COVID-19. Spare clock cycles are used towards advancing scientific knowledge for these diseases, and gaming-grade GPUs happen to be quite good at this. You can download the app at foldingathome.org. Pokemon Go makes changes to keep players safe in the COVID-19 outbreak. Niantic has made changes to ensure the health and safety of players, including postponing the Abra Community Day. Miantic has detailed their updates in a blog post without mentioning COVID-19, but they have stated to Polygon that the updates are based on the current global health situation, and they have advised players to make decisions on where to go and what to do that are in the best interest of their health and the health of, of their communities. A 30-pack of incense which increases the frequency of monster spawns, has gone on sale for a single Pokecoin, and since now remains active for an hour. Incubators now require half the usual steps to hatch eggs, and Pokestops are dropping gifts more frequently to reduce the amount of time players need to wait, and habitats are increasing to make it easier for trainers to catch Pokemon closer to home.
More Pokemon will also appear in the wild. Various WordCamp events have been canceled or postponed. The WordCamp conferences based around the popular WordPress content management system have been affected by COVID-19. As a precaution, many WordCamp events, such as WordCamp San Diego, have been canceled while others have been postponed. WordPress is one of the most popular content management systems with an estimated 35% of websites being based on WordPress. And the WordCamp conferences have grown in popularity in recent years. If you are planning to go to a WordCamp, be sure to check out WordCamp.org to see if your event is still happening or if it has been postponed. PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X will likely be delayed due to COVID-19, according to an analyst. The analyst believes that the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X will be pushed into 2021. Now, it's possible the COVID-19 outbreak could be resolved quickly, but even in the best scenarios, DFC Intelligence believes that the production schedule for Sony's system has already been seriously impeded. And I know GameStop has been counting on this to be released sometime in the next year in order to survive. And speaking of GameStop, former Nintendo executive Reggie Phils Ame, I could have butchered that name, joins GameStop board of directors. Recently retired from Nintendo of America, Reggie will be joining GameStop's board of directors on April 20th. This news comes amid the company's decline in stock price and turmoil inside the troubled retailer. GameStop has struggled because of digital downloads as well as other market pressures that have cut into revenues. Reports of the company's mistreatment of employees have also hurt the retailer, as has been detailed in the YouTuber Camelot331's videos on GameStop. The company has said that the upcoming releases of Sony's and Microsoft's consoles would help the company, though now those appear to be delayed. Recent layoffs also suggest a lack of confidence in the company. The appointment to the board of directors is a sign that Reggie is not done with the gaming industry. He's joined by Bill Simon and J.K. Simancic, who have been a part of other major corporations. Bill and J.K. will be taking their roles on the board of directors immediately. It will be interesting to see if Reggie joining the board of directors can turn the company around. GameStop is in need of the kind of new, fresh ideas that Nintendo is known for. NVIDIA Super Gaming Laptops with 10th Generation Core i processors possibly coming in April. This is coming from WCCF Tech, which we want to take with a grain of salt, as they've been known to have questionable reliability. But they're reporting that the new laptops will be announced April 2nd, with general availability on April 15th. These laptops will feature the Super Mobile graphics cards from the GTX 1650 Super up to the RTX 2080 Super. But these laptops could compete with other laptops with AMD CPUs and APUs that are also combined with the NVIDIA Super cards. 
there have been leaks about Ryzen 4000 APUs combined with NVIDIA GPUs in upcoming laptops. The ultimate winner in all of this would be NVIDIA, as their GPUs are featured in both, even in the AMD APU laptops, as AMD is still struggling a bit against NVIDIA in the GPU market. This has been Joey's Totally Tech. Be sure to leave any questions you have regarding tech in the Anchor app and the voice message feature or on the Facebook for Joey's Totally Tech. I will catch you next time.